two wizards. Two wizards? Two wizards. Two wizards. Basically, this, that, and the other, like, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. Basically, if you look at this, that, and the other, then, um, yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's it. We'll, we'll get, um. Thank you for coming to my single, TED Talk. Yeah, right. We'll, we'll, we'll make an entire TED Talk that's nothing but filler words. That'll be great. <laughs> so, like, um, you know, man, basically, this, that, and the other. <laughs> Just go as long as possible. <laughs> if we were better comedians, I bet we could rig that. Oh, yeah, right. Well, or, yeah, sat down and gave it 20 minutes thought. We could totally, we could totally do that. Yeah, I'm not worried about it, because we're not really comedians, but we are two wizards. This is true. This is true. We apply our craft to other things, but just as important, just as important things. And indeed, welcome everybody, basically, to this episode you know, man, Two Wizards Podcast. And I'm Josh, and I'm, like, a wizard, you know? Um, yeah, I'm Mark, and basically I'm a wizard. <laughs> okay, we gotta stop that, or it's gonna, like, infect the I know, episode. yeah, it's gonna infect, it's gonna infect the entire episode. <laughs> I'm gonna slice off that Hydra's head, and then, um, sear it with, with my, like, flaming branch, and then that'll cauterize the whole thing. We'll be done with it. We'll be done, we'll be with, it, done so. with it. There it is, writhing <laughs> on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and so uh, it's great great to have everybody joining us again. Um, after our cinema series, after Loose Robes episode, we're, we're back into some uh, pre-programmed, semi-researched, quasi-researched material for you. And I think, I think this will be a really good episode. I'm, I'm excited. Um, and well, and even because I'm I'm kind of uh, leading this one too. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm taking point, as it were. So yeah. Uh, but this but but this is a topic that you do know about beforehand. So it's not going to be quite as a surprise or sudden or, or out of the blue. But um, but uh, before we divulge what that topic is, uh, as we often do, share what's in our wizards' chalices this time around. So Mark, what do you have with you? Well. You know how I'm always bitching, and then I get... Okay, so number one, you know how I hate people that bitch too much, but continue to, like, put themselves into situations that is in turn causing the reason for them to bitch about it? Yes, yes. Well, tonight I am putting myself in my own situation to bitch about, but I'm honestly kind of excited for it, because it's something that I've never had before, and what that is is a Lagunitas Maximus Colossal IPA. Oh, wow. And see, I hate IPAs. I, I... Go back, listen to an episode, put it on your bingo card. Josh and I are over <laughs> IPAs, we're sick of them, but I will always make an exception for this brewing company. Mm, so, yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Lagunitas, yeah, they consistently do do really good stuff. And so, yeah, if you're ever going to have to find an IPA to drink, then I uh, you, you could certainly do a whole lot worse than that. Um, yeah. And I have with me uh, actually a couple different things, uh, but first I'm I'm sort of paying homage to uh, one of my favorite Colorado breweries that I I miss a lot. I miss being able to to have more 
uh, available, I guess, here in the Midwest. Uh, but I have with me a Dale's Pale Ale from Oscar Blues Brewery. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a wonderful American Pale Ale. Um, as, as our mutual friend Nolan says, it's the best beer that comes in a can. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe it's just uh, Dale's Pale Ale. It comes in a can. I forget exactly what it was. It comes in a can. <laughs> it comes in a can. So, uh, so yeah. I'll and then I got some other stuff on deck. But um, right on. Yeah, I've got another one. I figure we'll update them, right? Exactly. Precisely. Precisely. Yeah. So uh, here, open that up right now, and uh, here's on you, Mark. Yeah. Cheers, buddy. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and again, like for for IPAs, for as, as far as IPAs go, that's. That's what you got. So. Well, real quick, it says, I don't even, it's the other thing about these guys is they don't get that like showy bullshit on their bottles. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, sorry. There's like, oh, no, no, no. no, there's like text. It's weird. It's, there's a little tiny text up along the top and I'm trying to like twist the bottle and read the label. <laughs> but not okay. Like okay. So it. here we go. Yeah. Here we go. But I wanted to make sure it wasn't something stupid. Like, you know, there's surgeons general warning. They just did it cleverly. So, oh, right. <laughs> there is a tide of affairs in the affairs of big IPAs, which posits that a flood of hops leads to a fortune in liquid. In our twenty fifth, in our twenty five plus years, and that's in Roman numerals. Thank you, of brewing mm. big IPAs, we've learned this to be mostly true. With one big caveat: balance is everything. We believe Maximus mm. to be exactly that. A two, let us know. So yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not overly fruity, and I appreciate that. But mm-hmm. it's well, also and, not hazy. And I uh, I appreciate that they said balance. Like that's uh, and, yeah. and I think a lot of times that's just it. All, all these IPAs that are super popular popular right now are intentionally unbalanced. They just load it up with hops, load it up with, uh, or or the 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 sour. They're they're just trying to like differentiate themselves from all the other IPAs are going out there and, and, and they aren't balanced. It's just way too, way too much. So, so what are you saying, Josh, you think that you could do better nerd in your home? <laughs> I mean, uh, you might say that one might be able to, and, and maybe that is me. Maybe I might be one to, uh, from the comfort of my home, brew some sort of beer. So Mark, what's our topic today? <laughs> <laughs> Yokai part four. All right, here Yo-kai we go. Part four. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. No, we're no, actually going to are... talk about it's real wizard magic. It's it's the yeah. magic that humans perfected when we stopped being friggin' apes. It is the magic that allowed us to ascend to humanity. It is it is brewing beer, but more importantly, for the 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 premise of this episode, it's home brewing. We're going to talk about home brewing. Josh is going to talk it's about home brewing because I don't know dick about home brewing, but yeah, yeah. Well, and I I'm still only recently kind of into it, uh, but uh, but yeah, like um, uh, uh, savvy listeners will remember that I've I've mentioned that on previous episodes. Like I've talked about um, making making uh, hard cider, and I've talked about some other home brewing stuff, and and we felt it was time to actually address the the beer bottle in the room uh and and yeah devote a full episode to to home brewing and uh i've been doing uh home brews oh gosh probably six or seven years now mm-hmm. um and not and not super consistent or regular it'd be maybe 
maybe upwards of like uh, 15, 20 gallons a year to maybe lows of, well, there I've gone years without home brewing stuff, but, um, but it is, it's just a great little hobby. I'm not going to come out and say that you'll necessarily save a bunch of money. Um, it's not exactly cheaper to brew your own stuff, but because you are brewing your own stuff, you get to meddle with it. You get to play around with ingredients and say like, oh, you know, I'm really craving a beer that has these characteristics. And at some point when you level up and gain uh, that knowledge and that expertise and some of that equipment, because um, that's part of it too, then yeah, then you can do it. Then you can do that. So um, so yeah, we're going to talk about homebrewing and yeah. kind of some history, kind of some uh, fun fun factoids about it, some weird brews, uh, and, uh, and then maybe, and then maybe a, a special sort of announcement at the, at the end of the episode. So, um, so yeah, let's see here. Um, I got, yeah, pretty much all my notes in front of me here. Uh, so I guess we'll just kind of start, um, with, um, so, so brewing is a process, uh, that, that, that uses fermentation, right? And you can ferment a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, but so, so what is, like what is fermentation mark well what's your just like general understanding what's your definition uh, and you can get as like scientific or kind of lay person what what is fermentation what does it do uh, um number one the overwhelming urge to censor myself from the word basically is is palpable <laughs> <laughs> but it's essentially 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 um all this and that so fermentation is little microbes of uh what do you call them bacteria they eat stuff and when they eat stuff they fart out co2 gas and then that creates sugar or something and then that makes it go no what is it no it's as it molds it goes bad and the sugars break down and then then it's fermenting i said that like an idiot but yeah yeah no but 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 you're exactly right and and i didn't really mean to put you on the spot there only to say that we all kind of yeah have a general understanding of what fermentation is but then but that covers so many things, right? That covers so many things. And uh, as I was kind of going along, here's, here's I think, a, a nice, not too sciencey, nerdy definition, but also still kind of covers it. Uh, and, and, and fermentation is an, it's a metabolic process that releases energy um, and specifically in an anaerobic setting. And I think that's what sets fermentation apart from things like respiration, because mm-hmm. like respiration is again like a metabolic process that produces energy, but it needs oxygen. And the key thing with fermentation is that it doesn't need oxygen. And in fact, in some ways, in some instances, uh, having too much uh, uh, having oxygen involved in the fermentation process uh, ruins it and makes it gross. Um, and, and so yeah, like uh, there's there's a whole bunch like what you're saying too the story of fermentation is also truly like the story of civilization because we have so many food and beverage products that we get as a result from fermentation. So yes, of course, beer. Cause, and that's what, what, that's what we're specifically going to be talking about today. Um, and I'll maybe like kind of uh, uh, give a tip of the hat to some others along the way, but yes, yeah, so we ferment and we get beer, we get wine, we get mead, we get sake, um, those are all the yeah the, all the alcoholic beverages right we all we ferment dairy products and that's how we get cheese and yogurt 
uh, leavened bread with the yeast like you're talking about. So yeah, those CO2 bubbles, that's what kind of create the air pockets in bread instead of it having it be just unleavened and like hard like a brick. Um, but then even like other things too, like uh, uh, pickles, uh, pickling is a fermentation process, sauerkraut, kimchi, uh, kombucha, uh, vinegar is a product of fermentation, and even uh, another uh, callback to our pipe tobacco episode, even sort of curing uh, uh, tobacco leaves, that is that, that can involve a, a fermentation process. Okay. So it happens all the time, and it's great, and it's wonderful, and it's magical. Yeah. Um, and as I was, again, sort of preparing all this stuff, I, this was something that I thought I remembered hearing uh, sort of in the background. Uh, but even but even we humans, uh, even we humans have our own fermentation process. And I'm not talking about like infections and stuff like that, because that's that's super gross. Oh. Um, yeah, that's that's a whole different thing. But Mark, you 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 like to exercise. You yes. like to work out, yeah, and uh, and and I know you're more specifically into like weight training and all that. But um, have you ever worked for? Have have you ever exercised for an extended period, and then you get this kind of like burning sensation in your muscles, and you, you kind of feel like you can't move them as effectively? Uh, yeah, the what burn is, lets me know that I did it. Yeah, right. And 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 what what sort of compound? What 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 chemical? or uh, molecule makes that sort of burning sensation in th- your muscles. I think you're going for lactic acid, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So lactic acid is a uh, byproduct of fermentation. As your body is like going through that uh, glycolysis. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and again, it's specifically anaerobic. So that, that's happening independent of bringing oxygen in. Uh, and so, and so, yeah, like little did you know that you yourself, Mark, you do your own fermentation all the time. That still sounds really gross. I probably should have, I probably should have not gone this route. But, Mark, uh, you but... yeasty son of a bitch. <laughs> have you just got worked out? Why? Yes, I have, Josh. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, so, and then I guess just one, one sort of last, or maybe one or two last things about fermentation generally, and then we'll get into uh, brewing specifically. Um, we can thank our good friend, uh, Louis Pasteur, for first kind of cracking the code into how this whole process works. Um, and he was the one, like, again, like there's, there's pasteurization and all this other stuff, but he, he was the one uh, who first really connected, who made that connection that fermentation requires organisms it requires these little bacteria or little yeasties or whatever mm-hmm. uh and so, so he kind of first spearheaded that um and then specifically he would follow he was followed by this other scientist um named edward buchner and uh buchner discovered that um that it's it's not the yeast but it's these enzymes with that, that are found in yeast um, uh, one of the big ones was zymase and, okay. and, and it's the, it's the enzymes that actually allow for fermentation for happen. So we, we kind of think of it that it's the yeast cells eating the more, uh, the, 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 that are eating the sugars and then producing alcohol and, um, CO2 as a byproduct. And that's, that's close enough for jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but, and, and so like, those are some of the two like pioneers into, uh, discovering, uh, the process of fermentation and how it works. 
and then and then yeah uh 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 buchner won the 1907 nobel prize in chemistry for making that discovery about um about uh how fermentation works very cool and so then yeah so that's all wonderful and great and nerdy but let's go let's take a little time and actually go back way back when to the dawn of civilization to the dawn of um yeah societies transitioning away from hunting gathering and more settled agricultural um but even that's a bit of a lie because there we there's even evidence that hunter gatherer uh, homo sapiens were were brewing things um maybe yeah maybe not in like a uh, purpose-built building and mm-hmm. maybe not at any sort of large scale but no there's we have um uh little artifacts of pots that we can still kind of trace and find yeast in um and so and so yeah like even before civilization uh even as everyone was still kind of like itinerant and wandering around um we were brewing and maybe not intentionally maybe it was just one day we you know had a bunch of old fruit uh sitting out and just some wild yeast kind of landed on it and somebody forgot about it for a couple days and then there was like oh wait this this stuff's like bubbling (laughs) and it tastes different and uh man it's just good to have these after a hard day of clubbing uh elk on the head like man it just really takes the edge off to drink this bubbly bubbly juice <laughs> and so we we should do more of this and so yeah that's that's what it was that's what it was and thus the dude bro caveman was born and thus yeah <laughs> everyone's going chug 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 and it's this like pulpy <laughs> like uh well, and and well, I'll 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 get to this in in a little bit too. But but also just to, to kind of give us some ideas about dates and places. Um, yeah. So uh, we uh, we have some evidence of a sort of mead uh, and sake type thing. So like made from honey, made from rice. Um, we have a we have evidence of some kind of beverage like that in China, uh, back around seven thousand BCE. So nine thousand years ago. Yeah, I know. God, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, and uh, and uh, we also have evidence of wine making um, in and around the Caucasus, so like modern day Armenia, um, Azerbaijan, and Georgia. Not the state, but the country. Um, we have we have yeah that Georgia moonshine we know about it yeah, ex- yeah. there you go there you go um, yeah we have evidence of that going back to about six thousand uh, BCE God damn uh, but the first but the first and this blows my mind too so and the first sort of purpose built winery uh, we have evidence of at about the year forty one hundred BCE so even then like six thousand years ago. It was like a proper like, oh hey, this is this is where we only make wine. This is where we're starting to like specialize into making. It's devoted making to wine. that process, right, 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 right. And, and this is something that I'm gonna kind of return to often, uh, talking about brewing and specifically home brewing, is that it was for the longest time all this sorts of stuff, all, all the all this all this brewing, was just what people did at their homes. And it's really only recently that we get you know like large scale industrial commercial brewing going on um and maybe maybe it's a good thing that 
we're sort of returning to that idea of no this is just my little thing that i'm cooking up at home or something like that but um and so uh and so then yes uh one last kind of note about uh making wine uh in in the ancient period uh because it wouldn't be an episode of two wizards podcast if if josh didn't talk about the greeks um and yes uh specifically the greeks in the archaic age so roughly yeah, like 1000 to 600 BCE, um, there were all these Greek colonies that were getting established around the Mediterranean. Um, and as uh, they would settle there and bringing grapes with them and bringing their, and bringing their winemaking skills to them. Um, and, and they started vineyards uh, in Italy, Spain, and France. And as you know, Mark, France is really uh, big in the wine scene. So mm-hmm. uh, all these... <clears throat> all these like snobby French people. It's like, ah, well, you, you cannot call this a Bordeaux unless it is from the Bordeaux region. Uh, you can take that snobbery and uh, shove it up your big French nose and say, thank you, Greece, for establishing a colony here. Because <laughs> without that, yeah, it wouldn't have been the same. Damn, dude, that's crazy to me. Like, that's, that's I don't know, just that right there, you know? Greeks did it first. Fuck you, France. Like, yeah. <laughs> but we did it in your backyard, you pieces of shit. Yeah. yeah. No. Have um, you uh, have you ever done wine? Have you ever made your own wine? So I've done I've done some fruit wine, and yes, I am gonna be that guy. Like I know I was just making fun of the Frenchies for saying like, oh well, it's technically this, but but that's what I'm gonna say. Like I've I made fruit wine, uh, but as far as like with with grapes, I. And it's so easy now, now too, because we live in like a global, uh, uh, super, super connected uh, market right now. I could totally buy, you know, twenty pounds of grapes and just mm-hmm. process them by myself. I, I I could do that, and I ha- I just haven't quite yet. Um, but no, I've I've made some like fruit wine. Um, I made some crab apple wine. Because uh, at our house back in Colorado, we had a crab apple tree. I was, I was going to say, I remember your crab apple. That's right. Now that you and mentioned that was, it, that was really fucking good. <laughs> it was really good. Um, I feel like we got so kind of shitty on that one night, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah we did. That was great. <laughs> um, let's see here. What else? We've made some strawberry wine. Um, I've made mead a couple of times, and I want to make more because mead is super easy. And, I also had you your can... mead, and that was really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mead, mead's super fun. And, and it is. That's one of the joys that I like uh, in my homebrewing experience is, yes, you can get the sort of kits where everything's pre-measured and uh, it walks you through the recipe. And, and, at, and at a point, you can, also, uh, you can also find yourself saying, oh, look, there's a bunch of peaches that um, my supermarket has on sale. I'm just going to buy a shit ton of peaches and like make peach wine. Like you, you just you just do that. You pretty much get anything that has sugar, sanitize it, make make sure it's you know, not none of the bad buggies get in there, and just yeah. add, add add some yeast, and then off you go. And then it it is it's just fun. It's just like Damn. oh, I bet I could make booze out of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get drunk here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, so yeah. Okay, so. All those other historical precedents aside, let's actually focus about beer. Let's talk about beer now. Is there any like uh, ancient culture that you associate more with beer, Mark? Well, because I want to say it was the Babylonians that started it with beer, right? Yeah, it, it, it was maybe, definitely yeah in in Mesopotamia. 
yeah, yeah definitely yeah, yeah. In, in that region. But then, um, I mean, like, after that, it's kind of knee-jerk is, like, I guess the Germans, but that's not ancient culture. That's, you know, like, I just kind of think of, like, if I'm associating one culture specifically with beer, it's, like, the Germans, but... Yeah, or, or, or not just, this like, you know, the Swiss or, like, the... Whatever, that little block up in there, Polish. Yeah, and, oh, yeah, and we will definitely, we'll definitely have some time uh, to talk about the Germans and what they did for beer. Oh, that's good. good. Which is all good. But, uh, but yeah, but you are exactly right. So, yeah, beer is more in the sort of uh, uh, Fertile Crescent, uh, uh, Mesopotamia, Babylon, and... Um, I'm not saying this is the only one, but one of the more interesting ones is uh, the ancient uh, culture of the Sumerians, the the, the Sumer people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and this is all on about a similar time scale. Um, the earliest ev- evidence that we have is, again, about to like 6000 BCE. Um, <clears throat> and uh, there was actually a Sumerian goddess devoted solely to beer. Okay. And, and her name was... Um, Ninkasi and uh, I'm getting this information from uh, worldhistory.org in a write-up by oh yeah this is awesome Uh, this article was written by Joshua L. Mark (laughs) so if there was ever (laughs) if there was ever ever an authority to cite on (laughs) Two Wizards Podcasts uh, so Josh Mark Excellent work, buddy. I think that's the name we used to get a uh, Gmail account. It was like Josh Mark yeah, yeah, or I think something. It is too. <laughs> yeah, and just like uh, let's uh, Google wants me to invent a person for this Gmail account. I'll just s- smash our names together, Mark Josh, Josh Mark. And so yeah, this is great. <laughs> um, and so uh, and so so yes, brewing beer was was very important to the Sumerians, uh, and specifically this uh, goddess Ninkasi. Um, she she has a song. Uh, written about brewing beer and her role in it. Okay. And so, uh, and so uh, Joshua L. Mark, Josh Mark, um, tells us about this hymn, this hymn to Ninkasi. He says, quote, In an age where few people were literate, the hymn to Ninkasi, with its steady cadence, provided an easy way to remember the recipe for brewing beer. One began with flowing water, then made bapir, uh, B-A-P-P-I-R, which is twice-baked barley bread, and mixed it with honey and dates. Once the bread has uh, had cooled on reed mats, it, uh, it was mixed with water and wine before being put in the fermenter. After the brew had finished the fermentation process, it was placed in the filtering vat, quote, which makes a pleasant sound, end quote, and then placed, quote, appropriately on a collector vat, end quote, uh, from which the filtered beer was then poured into jars. Um, and according to the hymn, the pouring of the beer was, quote, like the onrush of the Tigris and Euphrates, end quote, which was taken to mean that, like those two rivers, beer brought life to those who drank it. Fucking A. And, and, and yes, I think that's part of it, too, is um, uh, uh, brewing is uh, very closely connected with bread making. Because, mm-hmm. again, like you have all these grains, all these cereals. Um, simil- and, and also if it's like a leavened bread, if it's one that, that kind of rises there's that interplay of like human and grain and uh yeast that Mm -hmm. that yeah just kind of naturally works together um and so i won't do the whole thing uh because it also gets repetitive like it repeats each line twice uh but here is very quick but but here is very quickly um a translation of the hymn to ninkasi by uh miguel seville 
And um, yeah, I, I don't know if we can find some sort of Mesopotamian appropriate music for the background. Um, I, but, I but anyway, here's. I got you. Oh, okay, perfect, perfect. Okay, so yeah, here is here's the hymn to Ninkasi, um, abridged. Born of the flowing water, tenderly cared for by the Ninhursag, Ninkasi, having founded your town by the sacred lake, she finished its walls for you. Ninkasi, your father is Enki, Lord Nidimud. Your mother is Ninti, the queen of the sacred lake. You are the one who handles the dough, and with a big shovel, mixing in a pit, the bapir with sweet aromatics. Ninkasi, you are the one who handles the dough, and with a big shovel, mixing in a pit, the bapir with dates and honey. You are the one who bakes the bapir in the big oven, puts in order the piles of hulled grains. You are the one who waters the malt set on the ground. The noble dogs keep away even the potentates. You are the one who soaks the malt in a jar. The waves rise, the waves fall. You are the one who spreads the cooked mash on large reed mats. Coolness overcomes. You are the one who holds with both hands the great sweet wort, brewing it with honey and wine. Ninkasi, you the sweet wort to the vessel, the filtering vat, which makes a pleasant sound. You place appropriately on a large collector vat. Ninkasi, you are the one who pours out the filtered beer of the collector vat. It is like the onrush of Tigris and Euphrates. <clears throat> and there you go, everyone. You've listened to this uh, song, so now you, kn you too know how to make Sumerian uh, beer. <laughs> and, and you all know how to make date bread, too, so it's, it's all good. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, just get a big pit with a shovel. <laughs> Stir that around. Get you some dogs to, you know, keep keep uh, uh, nosy people away, and then uh, yeah, pour it through some vats, and, and you're good to go. Why'd you get evicted? Oh, I made bread in my neighbor's uh, pool. <laughs> he was none too pleased. He was none none too pleased. Um, but uh, but yeah, and so I, I I think this is really cool too, because again, this is a people that. 6,000 years ago yeah they had they had no idea about like the process of all this but check this out like it talks about uh what's the line so so after mixing everything up and adding the the the, the sweeteners and things uh there's this line in the hymn um you are the one who soaks the malt in a jar the waves rise the waves fall and to me at least that sounds like kind of describing this bubbling that would yeah. happen as all the CO2. So even then, people's like, hey, there's some magic going on there. It's, yeah. It's, but it's cool, too, because it's just like it's passed down orally like that. So literally, it's something yeah. that's given to the people. Anybody, you, it doesn't matter who you are. You just brew beer. It's fine. Right. Right, right, right. Well, and and even uh, specifically, there were... Um, so so for the Sumerians, because there was this goddess, um, it was... Uh, that was sort of, yeah, like a religious uh, duty... Uh, religious rite um and it was specifically actually priestesses it was it was, it was lady brewers um who kind of oversaw the entire operation uh and, and like they probably had like some uh male uh helper laborer dudes uh yeah. but but it but brewing beer was very much associated with uh the feminine because uh, it was a female goddess she was um catered to by priestesses so it was very much like a like a feminine thing which i also think is kind of cool that's cool yeah 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 
And so, um, and so, yeah, and, and even though that sounds like a long, long time ago, for the vast majority of history, that's kind of what brewing was. It was just this sort of process, like you kind of bake, you bake some bread, you kind of like cook the grains first, you'd soak them with some water and some things to sweeten or spice or flavor. Uh, and then, um, and then you kind of drain it, filter it a little bit to the best of your ability. And then you mm -hmm. had to drink it because we didn't have refrigeration or anything like that. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was really brewing for the longest time. Uh, until, as you correctly note, Mark, we get to the Germans. Jawohl. Jawohl. Und Papa music. And so uh, this is, so I'm going to uh, plug a different source here. This is an incredible book. Um, uh, someone got this. I forget who this was, and I feel bad that I'm forgetting. This was, I want to say, a, a Christmas present a few years back. Uh, but I want to take a little bit from The Beer Bible by Jeff Allworth. Um, it's, it's a great read. Uh, 600 some pages of great information. Uh, only like 20 bucks or whatever. Like, go, go out and get this book. It's, it, it's phenomenal. Um, and so, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to turn to, to Jeff a little bit and sort of talk about some of the big, um, two, two of the big developments that we can kind of think the Germans for. And so, yeah, he, he, he writes, um, until about the 700s uh, CE common era, brewing was a domestic activity, not a commercial one. There were no specialized brewers, just farmers who made beer as one of the many tasks on the annual calendar. Brewing continued like this uh, from well before the time of Christ until things finally got going in the Middle Ages. In the 8th century under Charlemagne, uh, monasteries spread across Europe by the hundreds. And so as these monasteries were, you know, kind of going, going around everywhere, one of the things that Charlemagne uh, sort of created, there was uh, this code, the Rule of St. Benedict, that was drawn up around the year 529, and it was a complete treatise on the spiritual conduct and operation of a monastery, up to 73 chapters. So like, if you're gonna open a monastery, you had, to, yeah, you had to follow all this stuff. And among the practical effects were monastic self-sufficiency and industriousness. And so, as part of their spiritual practice, monks needed to support themselves, so monasteries managed large farms to grow food, and make beer and wine as well. And again, this is a time where people are traveling. There's not exactly a whole bunch of taverns and inns and stuff. So if you're on the road and you need to get something to eat, you need to stop for the night, hey, let's go hang out with the monks. Um, and so they would welcome guests in and feed them and give them beer to drink. And so like, it's this enormous spread of monasteries uh, that are brewing that, that um, it like really takes off and it moves away from, yeah, the farmer, just in his little hut, uh, brewing whatever, to what you could kind of consider like a large scale activity. There's, there's all this brewing going on. And if you have this concentration of people, that's when you start to see specialization. And um, they're realizing like, oh, wait a sec. If I, you know, try this process, I get better results. And so not only was just like the number of what we could call like early breweries uh, increasing, but also their their practices were getting uh, refined, and uh, as a result, quality was, was was getting refined too. But it would vary by region too, right? Like you're and not going to have it. the same stuff in like what Eastern Germany as you are in like Italy, right? And so part there, there's a couple things with, with that. You're, you're exactly right. And so we also start to see all these regional 
variations um, and not because it's like, oh, look at those guys. They think they're so cool with this, the Pilsner. But why don't we invent um, the the Dunkelweizen? No, like it was just what sort of grain do we have growing here? So, so yeah, the Sumerians would add like dates and honey. But if you're in Germany, maybe there's some like herbs or some spices um, that are growing. Because well, you're not going to get dates in Germany, like e exactly. And so, and so that was called a uh, Grut. G-R-U-I-T. Okay. And so that was just the like kind of your like special sauce, I guess. That was your like distinct mix of herbs and flowers and spices. Your proprietary and, and fruit. blend. Your proprietary blend. And um that actually uh that actually also kind of came into the development of brewing, uh, because a, a couple hundred years later, uh in the Holy Roman uh, Empire um, you couldn't necessarily tax the making beer, but you okay. could tax the Groot, their, their proprietary blend. And oh, so, okay. and so, um, uh, returning again to the beer Bible, um, Emperor Otto II began to grant the right to collect the tax to noble, to loyal nobles, or even to towns. And this is the context in which the word Groot was introduced. The right to provide it was called... Uh, uh, the right to provide it was called the Grootrecht. And so that's a that's another thing too. It's like, okay, here's another layer of commercialization going on is, ah, shit, now I got to pay taxes for my uh, uh, secret blend here. And then for good or for bad, the one of the final things that we can attribute to the Germans um, is adding this one ingredient that Mark, you and I both have a love-hate relationship with, and that is that is the hop. That is the oh, hops. okay, cool. I was gonna say, is it the, is it the hop? Because I don't, I just don't yeah. want to say anything dumb. I'm, I'm like, yeah, no, no, are, no, are no, they no, are no. they hops? Is because I yeah, was gonna say is, malt. Is it is it malt? Is yeah. Well, and, yeast? And I guess, actually, did they did they find like the better kind of yeast? But yeah. then was it wasn't I talking to you and you're telling me that there's like those people that will just go not pilgrimage, but they just like they'll go walk up a damn mountain and find yeast. Oh yeah, no. There's there's dudes that yeah, yeah there's like fine. He's like, hey, I found this shit. Let's all right, cool. We're gonna brew with this. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> okay, cool. But what if that's like ooky spooky yeast or like corpse yeast or I don't know, whatever. It's fine. All right. So the hop. What's 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 a hop, Josh? Real quick. So so a hop is it's it's this it's this strange kind of plant, and it doesn't even necessarily like produce fruit, but it has this very kind of small kind of bud kind of flower thing uh and it has this this very strong um it has this very strong kind of oil uh, mm -hmm. uh in it and um it's not like people discovered this plant for the first time like like everybody knew about it in fact pliny the elder was this uh roman citizen and uh uh, circa 78 CE, so just into uh, Common Era, he had this uh, 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 piece of writing called the Naturalis Historia, and in this work, uh, he's you know kind of it's it's like a it's like a, a biology book. He's writing about plants, he's writing about animals and all that. And in this book, we we think he's maybe we're not entirely sure, but he writes about this plant called the lupus salictarius um and translated from latin that's called the wolf of the willows and it's this plant that um if you eat certain parts of it it has this kind of sharp 
spicy taste. That's why it's called the wolf because it'll bite you. Um, <laughs> and so Pliny's running by like, yeah, there's this thing you can, you know, you can kind of uh, mix it in with water and say it, it, it tastes cool. Um, I also get a kick out of this that uh, apparently another name for this same plant, whatever it is, uh, it, probably the hop plant, but whatever it is, um, it, it's also given the name uh, Gallic asparagus. Ah, okay. <laughs> so take take those Frenchies. We're dunking on you again. In your hop asparagus. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, so so people knew about this plant. They, they knew this was a thing. Right. Um, but it's only about this time that... And maybe the same thing. Maybe someone was like, okay, how am I going to develop my proprietary blend? How am I going to s- separate my beer from other people? What do I have going or growing close by? Oh, here's this thing. Let's try it. And beyond just flavoring the beer and really balancing out... Because again, hops are very bitter... They're very mm-hmm. spicy. They can be kind of fruity. Um, and especially if beer up until this point was, yeah, just very sweet. And like it would it would be essentially like this. So like so like take a take a cup of raisin bran, um, run run that through the blender okay. with some warm water, and and like that's what beer was like. <laughs> Yummers. Yeah, just like gruel bread. That's what uh, Jeff Allworth kind of describes it. It, it, yeah. it is. It's like kind of a porridge thing. Um, was not very high in alcohol content, like maybe 2 or 3%, something like that. But that wasn't the point. They weren't trying to get shithoused. They were like, right. it was a nutritional thing, right? Like, yeah, it was more yeah, brewing it was just beer because get some we calories. can't trust water. But also, like, what? You call beer a sandwich in a can. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Not only did hops add this very nice balancing contrast to to beer, um, but uh, going back again to to, to Jeff Allworth here, the discovery of hops was significant beyond making beer more delicious. Uh, As the Benedictine abbess Hildegard of Bingen noted, they acted as a preservative, and this had two important effects. Hops allowed breweries to do more with their recipes, like making stronger beer, Without hops, strong beer would turn to vinegar before it was done conditioning. More importantly, hmm. beer that could survive for more than a few days had the capacity to travel. Because that's oh. just it, too. If you just kind of have your thing that you, you make it, and as soon as it's ready, like a day or two, you got to drink it. Because otherwise, it's going to go bad. Right. But not only can you get stronger, which not only can you make stronger beer, which, again, maybe might help with some of the preservation stuff. Um, but just by its, if, it, if you can preserve it, then you can export it and you can trade it to other towns. Right. And then that's where we start to get like the real, yeah, the, the, the real sort of mixing of different styles and different flavors and beyond just whatever uh, Farmer Pete did in his uh, like back room. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I guess there was another kind of important uh, sort of revolution that, that, that happened. And, and this is, this was more back in like the ancient times too. So one of the important um, steps too is malting the grains. And that's okay. basically just kind of like warming them up so, so that they germinate. And that just helps, that just gives you more carbohydrates that the yeast can then turn into sugar. They're okay, not, so... that, that, that they can turn into alcohol, I meant to say. Okay. So, okay, so like, I don't know. I don't know enough about, I guess, beer making, mm-hmm. but like the Babylonians were talking about, we make the bread in the pits. So they're, do you? So when you, Josh, make make beer, do you, 
are you like heating stuff up or no or do you know what I mean? Because I know you yeah. boil it, but you yes. don't. Do you bake shit too or no or? So what? What most? Well, and I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm. Well, no, no, no. no. That's fine. That's fine. Never mind. Okay, um, sorry. I, I didn't mean to like. No. Derail. No. I just I again. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know dick about home brewing. No, sure. No. So so uh, a beer beer really has four ingredients. Uh, okay. There's 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 water, of course. You need water. Right. You need grain. Uh, you need whatever sort of seasoning you're gonna do. Whether it's this Groot stuff, whether it's hops or or a couple different hops, and then you need yeast, and like okay. that's it. And that's it. And so okay. yeah, and and so uh, yes, there is a boil, and uh, at at least right now, most like like all the homebrew shops that I um, use, whether like brick and mortar stores or or just ordering stuff on- online. You can buy bulk grains that have already been malted, um, and you can so when you get the grains and then you malt them, you kind of heat them up so they kind of start to germinate a bit. Then you have to um, grind them up. You run them through a mill, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like with it's kind of like buying like coffee beans uh, versus ground coffee. Like right, okay. Before you mill it, it'll keep a whole lot longer. And so the idea is like, no, just like grind it up right before you use it. Right. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, like I, the the kits that I've done so far, the brewing that I've done so far comes with pre-malted, uh, pre-milled grain. Um, and at some point I could probably, man, I'm, I'm also kind of getting ahead of myself here, but, 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 but anyway, so, so the boil does two things. Um, when you boil the grains in the water, you're essentially, yeah, making this kind of tea. You're boiling out some of the sugars, some of the stuff like that. You're, mm-hmm. you're e- extracting those from the grain. Um, but then the longer boil is specifically for the hops. So when you throw the hops in, either the full hop or now they come in um, uh, uh, sort of uh, ground up pellet form they're, they're, they're hot pellets mm-hmm. you put those in and, and let them boil for I think upwards of an hour maybe an hour and a half something like that and that's to extract all the oils from the hops um, and then after that a- after that's all done you take that um, uh, that that liquid which is called the wort and then you cool that down so that when you add the yeast in, you don't just kill it all right away. Right, because um, it'll—it's a living thing. You can't boil it alive. You, right, yeah, and yeah. and they're they're hardy and they're robust. And like the yeast that we have now is like from labs that they're breeding to find like highly selective strains that can withstand alcohol levels or you know do, do all this other stuff. Uh, but still, if you drop anything in boiling water, it'll. <laughs> It's gonna it have a hard time. Doesn't do well. Yeah, you're gonna have a bad time. And so, and so then, yeah. So that's just it. It and then, um, it usually goes through. Typically, we say two fermentation cycles. Uh, the primary fermentation is when most of the sugar gets converted to alcohol, and that takes you know two to three days, something like that. That's when it's the most active. Um, that's when it's like, yeah, really bubbling and foaming. Um, and then 
what you'll do after that is um, you can so so as all the yeast is, is doing its thing and like the 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 spent the the spent yeast cell uh, cells they'll kind of float down to the bottom um, and they kind of get a layer of gunk at the bottom as well as like some of the oils from the um, hops and all that and that gross stuff is called trub or, or trub 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 something like that trub um, yeah and again it's not like if, if you drank that stuff it'd be really gross but it's not like it's gonna uh, really impart a lot of off flavors in the beer because it's all settled to the bottom. Okay. But what you can do is you can kind of siphon out the beer to a different fermentation vessel and just get rid of all that gross stuff. Um, or you can just bottle it from there. And when you bottle it, there's usually enough sugar, but sometimes you have to add a little extra sugar um, to give the, the yeast just a little bit more. And then instead of the carbon dioxide escaping through a fermentation lock when it's in a bottle or something like a keg um it the the co2 is trapped in there and it gets dissolved into the beer giving it its carbonation um, okay and then you can do other things uh with kegs you can do thing you can do this thing called a forced carbonization where you get a a, a cartridge of uh compressed co2 and you sort of that that's what carbonates the beer um but that's that's usually for like bigger scale stuff they'll do forced carbs but yeah for most home brews it, it is you just um add a little extra sugar as, as you bottle pop the cap on okay. and then like another week or two th that's the other thing too like um with wine and even mead and things like that you you typically it needs more time for a lot of this chemical uh, for a lot of these chemical processes to kind of like slow down and to like age right to, to like age in these oak barrels mm -hmm. uh, but but things like beer are a super fast turnaround you can you can you can drink that stuff uh, super super quick like even like a week if you like really wanted to like if, if you were if really you impatient. just had to have a beer yeah if you just had to have a beer it may it may not taste the best but it's still drinkable and still be fine but so yeah I, like that's the i don't know i still got grapefruit uh radler in my <laughs> fridge so we're going on a month and a half now strong Let's... i guess yeah i guess that's true i guess that's true <laughs> but yeah so so yeah that that's that is that is um that is i guess both the well and, and then also just maybe one last note kind of wrapping yeah. up the the history of beer um, and then, yeah, I think the other really big um, revolution came about with the Industrial Revolution, where we get things like, um, I'm, uh, yeah, we, we get things like refrigeration. Um, we get things like, yeah, just transport uh, systems that can ship beer even further mm -hmm. around. Um, and, and there's a couple of other stuff like that. And so, and so, yeah, like, so the beer that we have right now that comes out of these enormous factories and, and stuff like that, that, that is, uh, and, and, and I'm not trying to be like a hipster about it. That that's far and away removed from the, from the humble farmer in his like old, like crock, like, like, like earthern crock where um, he just has like something kind of bubbling in the background. Um, and so I, I appreciate home brewing for precisely that reason for for that as we mentioned in other episodes it, it, it's that old magic it's keeping that old magic alive yeah. where it's hey let's mix some shit together and see if it's drinkable <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, because even you were telling me, and I mean, I, I know it's not even on the same caliber, but that just reminded me of your buddy who you said was a home brewer. And he would just, yeah. like, dump shit into shit into shit and be like, all right, let's see what this tastes like. Yeah, no, uh, so yeah, the, uh, the, this guy, a uh, uh, friend of mine, uh, yeah, we would, the Mrs. Wizard and I were, like, kind of the apprentices to his guild master because uh, he, he'd been brewing for, like, 20 years, something like that. Oh, God. And and, and yeah, he would he would do things like he would have a Kolsch that he made and then like, I don't know, like a porter or just something. And he'd just like mix shit together all the time and like just drink it and be like, okay, that's not half bad. Like he was just constantly. Well, so it's kind of like, like making like, a weird like alcoholic Arnold Palmer. No, yeah, like truly. Like he would mix like, ah, oh, this is, I don't know, I, I, I finished this, I finished making this thing. Oh, it's kind of missing something. Why don't I dump this shit in and see if that see if that's any better? And I love that. I love that. But uh, did you but ever yeah, try like those? He, were they were, were they good or was that like too experimenty? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he it, it wasn't it wasn't too crazy for me. I I was just happy to drink whatever this guy gave me. Um, yeah. But uh, but but yeah, like he he'd been doing it for so long, and he was getting really specialized. Like the the other thing that I really like about home brewing. Uh, and I and I mentioned this briefly to you too. Is um, it's 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 very expandable and modular. Like you mm-hmm. can you can go on Amazon or you can go on like one of these homebrew websites and like get get a get a home kit, and and you can brew with that. You can, you can do anything with that. And then maybe once you want to experiment or like try to do more, you could be like, okay, well maybe I'll get like a five gallon kit so I can make like a five gallon batch. Um, maybe I'll get one of these uh, grain mills so that I can mill mill this grain myself, and then I can control how coarse or fine it is. Um, or maybe I'll get a little outdoor propane burner so that instead of like uh, boiling all this water on my stove and like heating up the house in the middle of July, maybe I'll just do this outside and uh, get a big boil going on and fire up the grill too and get some hot dogs going. You know, make a make a make a day of it. Um, yeah, you can go into kegs. You can build little kegerators. Like it's, it, it, you can expand. Or and by the other token, you can be like, "Holy shit, I got a lot of brewing stuff, and this is just taking up room in the garage. I'm gonna get rid of all this and still be able to like brew things functionally." So um, you don't need so yeah, all the stuff. You just need a couple pieces. It, right, 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 right. Um, okay. cause, well, because yeah, because this other guy, like he was, uh, right before we moved, he was like his next steps were like, "I want to buy." I want to buy an old like whiskey barrel so that I can make my own like sour beer because like all the weird oh, yeah. funk that lives in uh, uh, whiskey barrels. I'll just you know, and, and that would be like his special thing because like you're not gonna be able to recreate those precise um, uh, uh, that 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 precise colony that's in this random uh, whiskey barrel that he has. He, he was talking about doing that. He was talking about getting like a water filtration system. And I was like, okay, you're like, you're like at God tier level with this homebrew <laughs> stuff. And me, I'm like, oh, I wonder what sort of pre, pre-planned kit I'll buy off online. <laughs> well, but you called it though. You're, you, you are but an acolyte of this. Like, right. And, and, and truly like, I think one of my steps might be getting a little grain mill. Cause that, that'd be kind of cool to be like, yeah. okay, instead like, and then I can buy my different, my, yeah, my different grains and. That way, I know exactly what's going into my oatmeal stout or, or whatever. So, um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on. 
<laughs> oh shit, I ran out of oats and all I have is this fucking Quaker instant dino eggs. <laughs> oh my god. But uh but 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 it is like I I think and, and and truly like we are we are living in like the best time to take up home brewing because it's exploded in popularity because there are micro brews everywhere right now um cuz cuz like back in the day it used to be like okay I'll send my $1.25 to the Sears Roebuck company and they'll send me a can of uh malt extract that's already like bulging out of the sides with botulism <laughs> and like that's what it was like in the 70s before all this before all this stuff going so no like there's there's literally just two blocks up from our house um there's a homebrew supply store and oh neat yeah and you just go in there and you just and 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 they have a pretty good mix they have a mix of um they have yeah some of the pre-made well, not not pre-made, like the pre-prepared, pre-packaged kits, I guess. Um, but then they also just have bags of bags of uh, grain and uh, little hop pellet packets that you can. So so it's it, it's a really neat it's a really neat uh, hobby, huge supportive com- community um, that that helps with whatever whatever sort of questions you may have. Um, so yeah yeah it's it's pretty dang neat. It's pretty dang neat. Good deal. Good deal. I um I don't know about you, but I have an update to my uh, wizard's goblet. Oh, okay. Chalice. Yeah. I yeah. also don't know why I can't lock down what the hell of this segment is called, but whatever. Who cares? <laughs> um. Now, I have a uh, chocolate peanut butter porter. Ooh. Uh, from where are you from? H and G or oh, from a uh, horny goat brewing. Oh yeah. I, I love these. I saw them. You can't really get them this time of year, but I found a six pack of this in the liquor store and God knows how old it is. And I'm not going to ask the questions I don't want the answers to, but I love it. It's like drinking a peanut butter cup, but yeah. it'll get you fucked up. So yeah, no, that, 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 that's that, that is great. I, I always, cause, cause as, as you know, Mark, and as our listeners will know too, I'm, I'm also a big stout beer uh, guy and I, I get kind of wary when I see like peanut butter stouts or, or mm-hmm. things like that, just because like, it's almost like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And yet I've never, the times where I do convince myself to have a peanut butter stout from this place or that. Um, yeah. I've, it's always been fine. And so I, I need to like talk myself out of it. It's like, look, don't be a hipster. Just, just drink the peanut butter stout. It'll be fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. That is one. Of, I know I bitch a lot about like fruit in IPAs, mm-hmm. but I really do enjoy a good peanut butter stout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and and I also um, I uh, had a wonderful time with with Dale's Pale Ale, but I also have to move on now. Um, and I've mentioned these these guys before, and they do great great work uh, out of Great Great Lakes Brewing Company. I have a lemon hefeweizen. Um, okay. Which that's another one where I, again, I'm 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 calling myself out. I'm like Mr. Porter, Mr. Stout. Like, oh, if I can see through it, get get that out of here. But then again, it's nice to have a hefe every once in a while. It's nice to have a you know like a, a pilsner or whatever. I don't know. I, I just agree to disagree. No, I don't know. I like uh, 
I'll drink PBR for. I'll just drink PBR. So I guess I do. I guess I agree to agree with you, buddy. Yeah, it because it is. There's a time and a place where, like what we were talking about too, if you're doing any sort of like work around the house or uh, anything like that, yeah, you just want something that's cheap and cold, and you can drink twenty of them and not get too messed up. Get the fuck out of here with your like doppelbox. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. But the but yeah. So here you go. Here's round round two here. Right on. Hmm. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Mm. Mm. God, it's just mm, peanut buttery goodness. <laughs> peanut burgers. And yeah, this is um. So, so here's here's my little description on the side. Uh, squeeze into your snazziest swimwear and float away with this frothy, zesty, cooler companion, brewed with enough lemon puree to last a long weekend. And then it has right. uh, then it has a anthropomorphic uh lemon uh sitting in a adirondack chair on the beach so good good job <laughs> good deal good deal well actually mark son of a bitch you did it again because did i yeah because you were talking about this little unconventional maybe a little out there uh but still totally fine um take on a beer and that's precisely what I was going to go into next. Like some weird beers, some weird beers that have weird ingredients or brewed weird ways. And oh, awesome. Whether or not we would actually drink these because some of them I could say, oh, yeah, easy. Some of them I've even kind of had before. Uh, but then others, yeah. I don't think I would at all. <laughs> but um uh, so here's a web page from athomebrewer.com. Uh, and this is, does it have a date when this went out? It doesn't matter. Uh, but this is 11 of the weirdest beers in the world that were ever brewed, plus one more. So I guess a uh, 12 pack. 12 pack 12. of okay. weird beers. So um, I kind of, uh, I skimmed through this list. I didn't skim through all of it. And so we'll, we'll see here. So um, let's see here. So... Uh, uh, it says uh, a few of the weirdest beers in the world uh, are, are though they although they are very odd and strange they are still beer nonetheless and we want to give every one of these unique craft beers its day in the fridge uh, of the of all the many many weird beers out it's there day in the fridge yeah that's yeah <laughs> I love that I, better than day in the sun I'm sorry no no no, no that's great sorry and so uh and so of all the many many weird beers out there here are our favorites and to be clear, some of these quote-unquote favorites we never, ever want to actually try. Um, and so I guess before we start their list, what about you, man? Like, is there a beer that you... And, and it doesn't even have to be weird necessarily. Like, what's what are some of the worst beers that you've ever had? Where just like, get this shit out of my mouth. <laughs> um, especially living in the valley... I, 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 you will never convince me that green chili beer or any variant of beer that is spicy is good. Listeners, go back to one of our October episodes of last year when I had an atomic pumpkin with habanero in it. Yeah. And I was just pissed off. It just, it's upsetting. Beer shouldn't be spicy. Beer is refreshing and there's nothing refreshing about spice. Like, right. I, there's that. Um, yeah. Well, and then I get, well, I, yeah. I, I also had that. Uh, oh, and what did they call Like, uh, I, I forget exactly what the, SLV Brew Company called there. But yeah, there was... Valle Caliente. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. And yeah, there, th there's weird cycles like that too. Like, because it was. It was like... It's not just them though. Like, not hating SLV Brewery. Just 
as the general casting a net of hatred for anybody well, that and, makes beer spicy. Well, and there was like a solid, there, were, there was like two years where everybody was like, oh, we got to make a spicy beer. We got to make a green chili beer. Um, and, and yeah, I made the mistake. Cause, so it's one thing to have a green chili beer if you also have like a jalapeno guacamole burger or something like that. Or even, yeah. or, or even, I, I could even see like, oh, maybe um, is like a is like a late breakfast brunch thing, like some huevos rancheros with a green chili beer, like that. I could get behind that, but I made the mistake once of getting a growler of the Valle Caliente, oh, and it no. was I was like, I was like hungover and had heartburn the next day. It was awful. <laughs> Nothing like hung over with fire hole. Yeah, it was. Like, it was. <laughs> it was. So yeah, I I learned that lesson there. So yeah, I think we're in agreement. Spicy, spicy and beer, not good. What's another one? No. Um, I get sick. We again, we've talked about like let's beat a horse that I already shot three years ago. <laughs> I get really sick of fruit and beer. Mm-hmm. Um, I. Especially, again, we've already been down this path, but I'll just gently trot against it again. I fucking hate summer beers, Josh. They're always so bad. There's never a good one. Your grapefruit, uh, apricot, raspberry, whatever the fuck you think is new and event if it's not. Fuck you and your lychee nuts. Fuck you and your strawberries. It all just tastes like goddamn like Skittles that you dissolved in like vodka, but not really because it's beer. So it's just watered down Skittle vodka. And no, it's not good. Stop thinking it is. Stop trying. You're never gonna get there. Yeah. Or or or, it it tastes like fucking like oh this is our peach wheat and it's like you just ate. I can eat peach rings and drink Coors yeah. beer and <laughs> it's the same thing. That's all you did. Mm-hmm. You threw peach rings into a vat of Coors and like boiled it on low for like 15 minutes, like kind of infuse the flavors, but you didn't even like skim it because it's still somehow hazy and gross. It's sorry. Yeah. Fuck fruit and beer. I don't get it. If it's good, maybe I'll like it, but I don't think I... It's really hard to do well. pumpkin beer. Yeah. I guess pumpkin beer is the only type of beer that I can list to you right now that's like, mm-hmm. I I love it. And that's as vegetable as I can get with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, and because, yeah, I'm I'm with you on, on that as well. I have had I've had more bad fruit beers than I've had good ones. I, I think I, I think I can... I can have them maybe more than you but uh but yeah it is it, it's either it, and i remember saying this in an episode too it's a very fine line between not having hardly any fruit flavor at all versus like i'm drinking cough syrup uh clearly like uh artificial fruit flavoring even though you say made with all natural yeah peaches or, or whatever um yeah and, and it's hard it's hard to find that balance and to do and to do well. Um, yeah. And we, I, and again, I bitched at length about like yeah, fruit right. beer. What was that watermelon one? Oh yeah. <laughs> when we were doing our like only fruit drink challenge and it, it was the watermelon and it was so bad. I had to like tweet about how bad it was. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and there was, um, uh, wasn't shock top doing that for a while. Cause like shock top had their like orange wheat or whatever it was. And then they're like, Oh, we got popular for two months. Let's make, fruit everything and they i want to say they had a nasty watermelon one too watermelon and beer that that should not that should not be a thing that should not be no um 
Well, and then the, the, the only other one that I think you and I are in agreement about and we've commiserated about is um, I'm, I'm usually a pretty big fan of Sam Adams. And, mm-hmm. and, and again, we also, I think we did. We grew up in that magical time, um, like mid-2000s, right when the sort of microbrew uh, uh, bubble was uh, booming, I guess. Uh, and so, yeah, it was like, oh, check out this cool, interesting thing from Sam Adams. And somebody, I think it was their autumn variety pack, uh, mm-hmm. to get together, somebody brought that and I pulled one out and it was like, oh, what's, it's a uh, uh, Dunkel, Dunkelweizen. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. And I've had other Dunkels that are better, but that Sam Adams Dunkelweizen, and, 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 I, and I think I even heard this from you because you didn't like it either. Um, you said this is like pinto beans this is like pinto bean it, beer it tasted like fucking pinto beans. and it, it was, was and as soon as you said that i was like that's exactly <sighs> what it tastes like and it's disgusting <laughs> i even remember the look on your face yeah. when i said that because i saw the recognition in your eyes you're like oh my god it's beans <laughs> i'm drinking pinto beans that's what this is like <laughs> yeah. yeah and so yeah that, that's awesome it was okay and, and then I, I i guess one last one before we go to the athomebrewer.com list of weird beers, what's a weird mm-hmm. or strange beer that you had that you actually really liked? Or like, oh, this is this is an ingredient. This is this is this is okay. So I know I just finished bitching about uh, fruit and beer, but I had a uh, uh, try it again. A Japanese strawberry ale. Oh wow! And it was it was weird. It was a strawberry cream ale. Okay. And it was weird. It was so different from anything I'd ever had, but it was Japanese. Hmm. I got it in a, I got it in a bar in Maine, but okay. it was like it, it really did. T- it tasted it. Okay, it didn't taste good. I, I can see where people would think that it tasted good because it wasn't a bad flavor. Mm-hmm. That was good, and then I had one um, again in Maine at a Sarnak Brewing Company, and it was oh what the fuck was it? It was uh. Green tea mango beer. Oh, okay. And we saw it, and we we got a flight of it, and we threw that one in, into the flight. Mm. And holy shit, dude, it was delicious. Okay, nice. No, that's cool. And like, it's one of those weird ones that I kind of like. I'll, every now and then I'll get depressed over a thing because I know that I'll never get it again. <laughs> and that one was, it was like a black tea with hints of mango, but it was like. It was like five and a half percent alcohol. That's awesome. And it was it was smooth. It was good enough that I actually ordered a pint of it after we did the flight. Like it was. Yeah, that's great, man. That's it was awesome. really really solid. That's awesome. Yeah, the yeah I uh, I would I would be game to try both of those. Um, well, and then the other one that at the time was really out there. It's like whoa, look at this. But now it's almost yeah like uh, passe. Um, and also I know that you share an affinity for this one with me. Um, but it's the, um, uh, spruce tip beer. Like, Oh, I fucking love spruce tip. Any yeah. sort of beer that has spruce tip. In. And, and I was, I, I want to say the first one I had, uh, I think was the SLV brew company one. Cause I also know that Breckenridge brewing company had a spruce tip beer, but I think I had that one after, mm-hmm. but no, I was totally like, what the f- look at these hipster dudes like come on come on you're trying too hard yeah, spru- spruce you fucking tip. picked pine trees yeah they you're you're telling oh, okay i guess uh for the memes i'll try it or maybe it yeah. was breckenridge actually maybe it might have been i had the breckenridge one first breckenridge brewing had a solid one uh the brewery does the wolf creek yeah the wolf creek and uh, spruce tip ipa and that one is 
That's like that's one of my top ten favorite. No, it's amazing. Time, I'll be honest, like that's so good. And especially and especially yeah, like on a cold, crisp winter's night. Um, oh yeah! Holy shit! I could drink a bunch of spruce tip beer. It's so good. And Alaska it, Brewing has a pretty solid one. It's got wolves yeah. on the package. Yeah, that's right. If you're just going off the image, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and and I and I want to say too, and maybe one of our like kind of holiday episodes, we we had our ode to uh, spruce tip beer, and so uh, yeah, like I don't want to like retread old old uh, old ground, but yeah, spruce spruce tip beer is pretty pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Okay, well, so. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see about this list uh, here from at home brewer. Um, and Can I give you one more? Really oh quick? yes, please. Sorry, and um, no, this one was a weird one for me because if I'm doing if I'm doing the science right behind it, the hop plant is a cousin of the hemp plant. Yeah. Yes. Yes, they are related. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it was a couple years ago. We were coming back from we were coming back somewhere, and we stopped at um, Three Barrel Brewing in Del Norte, Colorado. Mm-hmm. And they had, um, it was an Imperial IPA, that, but instead of hops, they used um, uh, hemp buds mm-hmm. in lieu of the hop. Mm-hmm. It was the best fucking beer I've ever yeah. had. <laughs> and I can't find it. And it was gross. And it had that, like, the resiny way that, like, yeah. weed smells like. But, oh, my God. I loved it. But it was so sad because I got it. It was like... That which is gold cannot stay gold. Yeah. Because I had, like, two at the restaurant, and then I bought a fucking growler of it. And, like, it just, like, skunked in the growler. Oh. It was, like, two days later, I went to get into the growler. I was like, oh, boy, I can't wait for this beer. And I got into it. I was like, well, this is terrible. Well, and that's, well, it, and and the, that is where the oxidation and, and fermenting being an anaerobic process, that, that, that's where it comes in. And that's that's how beers get skunked. They, they, they get too much, too much oxygen in them or sunlight in like clear enough bottles can, can, can screw them up too. And, and that's, there's nothing worse. Well, no, there, there are worse things than losing a growler of beer because it gets skunked. Don't get me wrong. It's called getting a growler of Saison. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Holy shit. Sorry, I, I, I really, no, but, I am no, but that's really just hateful of Saisons. No, I, I, I can't stand them. And yet like those, it's, it's so weird. Like I talked about these like waves of popularity. Like it was totally, it was like, oh, like, Green chili, spicy beer—that's popular. And then it was Gosas for a while, but Gosas are okay. They're right with me. And then yeah, like and then just uh, yeah, like saison. Ah, oh, just get out of here with that. I don't care. Like I don't. I, they're gross. They're like there's no part of them that taste good. Yeah, and the point it's, is, it's they're all just to like be a gross. general mal- like melange of off-putting. I don't know. Yeah, like the the point is like, what's the nastiest shit that we can brew up? And call it special, like no, you won't have anything like this anymore. This is our proprietary. It's like no, fuck you. This is terrible. <laughs> this is our group. Tastes like shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, We have a well, and um, and and and, and yeah, my my home brewing uh, uh, mentor. He and 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 he was getting to the part where, where that's what he was after. He was after the weird, wild, funky stuff. And I forget what beer it was specifically. But he went somewhere and he had a saison, and uh, the the bartender was describing it to him, and he said like, "Yeah, this 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 tastes like wet horse blanket." And this guy, oh my god, that's the perfect explanation. And and my buddy Lucas was like, "Okay, I grew up in Texas, so I know exactly what you're talking about." And yes, I want a pint of that. <laughs> And it was, it is, it's like this. Oh God. And, and that's yeah. precisely, it's like, I can't, I can't do it. And there's a place, I forget where it is up in Denver. 
um, or one of the suburbs, they only do saisons. <clears throat> That's all that they do. And they have their like their like core lineup of saisons, and then each month they do a different one. And it's just uh, the Mrs. Wizard and I went there for lunch for for, for lunch uh, uh, one one day, and she likes that. She she likes that stuff. And I was just that was my like fourth circle of hell <laughs> just a, be- a brewery that only serves saisons what is this fucking dante's inferno <laughs> once upon a time i had my mrs wizard she was like making a, a liquor run because they're gonna have a girl's night do you want anything yeah give me a six pack of something fun mm-hmm. and what does she bring me a fucking saison from like it was like new belgium or something oh yeah they're so bad it was offensive on like five levels <laughs> it was just no part of it was good. My spirit was dashed against the rocks. Like, oh god, it's yeah. so rough. It is. No, it's it's. Anyway, enough about okay, enough yeah, about so, our bad. Let's get to your so yeah. list of weird bad because I, like I said, I did a little reconnoitering. Um, but I'm sure I'm going to be surprised once we get a little little further into this too. So I guess starting us off here, um, I I won't read the full description that they have here, but I'll just kind of go through and then we can give a thumbs up, thumbs down, yay or nay. Uh, okay. But the first one that they have listed here is um, Saturday Morning IPA. And it says, uh, Remember being a kid sitting in front of the TV, shovel- shoveling sugary cereal in your mouth while watching cartoons oh, for hours on no. end? One of life's highlights, right? Well, now you're an adult. Uh, so is there a way to recapture that experience in a beer? And apparently, Smart Mouth Brewing in Virginia has made an IPA that includes toasted marshmallows as well as cereal marshmallows in the mash. The brewery refers to it as magically delicious. So would you drink a Lucky Charms beer, Mark? Not even once. No. No. As soon as you said Saturday morning, I was like, they're not going to do sugary cereal, are they? Oh, fuck me. They did sugary cereal. Oh, God. (laughs) All right. Okay. That's okay. Okay, Double thumbs down for us. Double thumbs down. Uh, next up, good. Next up, we have Dock Street Walker. Um, and so Dock Street Walker, okay. yeah, Dock Street Walker, and it says, um, oh, okay, maybe you've outgrown kitty cartoons. Maybe you prefer your TV much darker. Maybe you're a fan of the hit zombie show, The Walking Dead. Maybe you're a big fan. Maybe the biggest fan. If so, then Dock Street Brewing Company in Philadelphia has just the beer for you. Uh, Walker is an American pale stout that is flavored with smoked goat brains okay i'm out smooth it that's not for me smooth and creamy but slightly smoky not for the faint of heart for sure <laughs> so american you need you, um, uh, an american pale stout with smoked goat brains as an ingredient we're just going to take a slight pause as i google what do brains taste like okay sure not look like taste like <laughs> fuck you google don't flag me <laughs> Okay, so um, real quick, although the flavor will vary depending on the animal, brains generally have a savory with a bitter undertone. Brains don't compare to any other part of the animal. The iron-like taste that comes from liver or the gamey umami-packed hit that you get from kidneys doesn't exist in brains. So it doesn't matter what it is, it's not going to fucking taste good in beer. So that's going to be a pass for me. The only, the, the only thing that makes me slightly curious is, is, is the smoky part. Because if it's okay, a, I'm gonna give you a check mark on that one then. If it's yeah, if it's a stout, I'll I'll maybe be good for like uh, maybe like a four ounce pour. Maybe that would be okay. a good way to do it. Like nothing at all, four ounce pour, pint, or growler. 
maybe that'll be a good like rating scale too. Um, but but so yeah, maybe like a four ounce pour for me. Uh, okay, so uh, number three on the list is Mr. Twit's Odious Ale. Hey. Fans of author Roald Dahl may enjoy this beer, named after the titular character from one of his novels. Uh, and so a little bit more about that. Uh, well, that's not so strange, the melding of alcohol and the arts. Uh, but Odious Ale goes one step further. The brewing yeast was swabbed from Roald Dahl's actual riding chair. So would you what drink... What the fuck is wrong with people? <laughs> like you were talking about this group Let's of... Let's eat ex- ass fungus. Yeah. He's drilling farts. It's you want to drink Roldal's farts? That's what it is. Fucking Roldal's fart yeast <laughs> in his fucking awful English wool pants. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So, I don't mean to get so mad. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, and and I I think they intentionally left off who the uh, brewing company was so that they don't get like hate mail. But um, yeah, that's also gonna be Where a note the fuck for me. Did dog. They get, how the fuck did they get this guy's chair? Yeah, like. I don't know if the roll doll like um, trust will uh, let you let you just let just anybody walk in with like a Q-tip and swab his chair. But what if it's really good? Okay, what if it's super super good? Mm-hmm. But oh no, we're out of roll doll ass chair fungus. <laughs> what do you do then? Like, <clears throat> okay, where do you fall on that one? You... I. <sighs> Maybe... You know what? Fuck that. I'm gonna take a four ounce of that one. Because you know what, I, I I am just vaguely curious. Okay, okay, so maybe okay. a yeah, okay, maybe a four ounce pour. I I do a four ounce pour. Okay, um, this one I think will be pretty quick because you already have gone off about it. Uh, this is Ghostface Killer from Twisted Pine Brewery <laughs> in Boulder, Colorado. Um, made this brew with not one, not two, but six different kinds of spicy peppers. Uh, including the ghost pepper, one of the spiciest peppers on the planet. So, Ghostface Killer, made with six spicy peppers, we already know. That's gonna be a no for me, dog. Yeah, that's a no for me, dog. Uh, next, let's see here. This, ooh, this actually looks like a, this looks like a three-way tie. Um, I don't know what that means, because they aren't ranking these, but anyway, we're doing a, <laughs> they're doing a three-way tie. Okay, so, I guess first up, uh, is Celeste Jewel. And this uh, little description goes, um, Space, the final ale beer. Yep, dust from a lunar meteorite has been crushed, then steeped like tea. Extra points to Dogfish Head Brewing Company. So yeah, this is Dogfish Head Brewing Company. Okay. Um, uh, extra points to Dogfish for selling the perfect accessory to this beer. Koozies made of the same material as astronaut spacesuits. So would you drink a beer that has lunar meteorite regolith uh, powdered into it. Are you asking me if I can drink from our celestial mother, Josh? Because the answer is a resounding yes. Yeah, I'm getting a growler of that shit. Give me shit. a growler of that shit. Hell yeah. So. Fucking A. Okay, cool. Okay. Oh, well, maybe this is why they're, it's a three-way tie. Because it looks like these are so, so the Celeste Jewel and the next two are all from Dogfish Head. So that, that's what it is. Okay. Oh, oh okay, okay. I mean, that makes sense. Dogfish Head. You know what? Like, at least respect to Dogfish Head because they are willing to get weird with their shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're they're like if... Uh, they're they're not your granddad, Sam Adams. Because, like, that was Sam Adams' whole thing. It's like, oh, we're going to try different varieties. But, yeah, Dogfish Head, they pump that to the max. Um, but anyway. To the max. Yeah, but anyway. Pump up the beer. Pump it up. 
Okay, so next. While the hops are thumping. <laughs> no, that, no, it's wonderful. That's great. That's great. Um, okay, so next from Dogfish Head is Chocolate Lobster. Okay. M many people love chocolate. Many people love lobster. But can the two... I love both. But can the two go together? And should they go together? The recipe is simple. Take a robust porter base, add live lobsters to the boil, remove lobsters, add six pounds of dark cocoa powder, add basil tea. Oh, and don't forget, take a break to eat the lobsters. And yes, the beer has a warning label for those who are allergic to shellfish. So... So there is actual, like, lobster protein in this beer. Yeah, actual lobsters and uh, chocolate. It's not like a weird... Uh, uh, turn of phrase. It's it's about as literal of a name as you can get. Chocolate lobster. I love a pint. Yeah, I was gonna say probably a pint. I would give that a pint. Cause, cause it's already a porter, so the chocolate isn't even like that outrageous. Like, okay, yeah, sure, chocolate porter. And then lobsters? Hell yeah, man! Like a little little sweetness, a little bit of that uh, salty salty goodness. Hell yeah. Can I do like a butter like chaser? Like oh, if I like oh, dude. get the little like the little like shot of like the drawn butter and drop it into my lobster porter and slam Holy it like shit. a like a uh, boiler maker? No, yeah, yeah, or or a, or a uh, uh, buttered rum. Oh fuck, dude, that'd be yeah. amazing. Hot buttered lobster rum. Hot. Holy. Okay. What's their email? All right. Okay. You know what? I'm gonna. No, I'm still gonna do a pint. Yeah, like, I, I, yeah. I think it's still a pint. I think because I think if I drank a, ga a half gallon's worth of lobster butter juice, I might get really fucking sick. But yeah, yeah. So see, I, yeah. I, th I think a pint's good. But then we need to yeah get a hold of Dogfish Head and be like, can you sell that with a shooter of yeah like buttered rum? And you'll be laughing all the way to the bank if you aren't already because you're Dogfish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, and then um, at least like the last independent brewery in America. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, right, yeah. Stay strong, boys. Yeah, stay stay strong. You got it. Okay, and then this last one from Dogfish Head um, is uh, Chicha. Okay. Uh, this fruity, spicy beer is based on an ancient Peruvian recipe, which includes uh, native peppercorns, soursop fruit, and maize, a.k.a. corn. Uh, and, like the traditional recipe, and I can also attest to this because um, in the Beer Bible, uh, Jeff Allworth uh, writes about chicha too, I can attest to this. Um, like the traditional recipe, the corn is masticated prior to adding to the mash. Mm. Masticated so they're as, chewing corn. as in chewed up by actual humans. Um, and <laughs> Jeff... Okay. Jeff, Jeff wrote about this. Let me see if I can find the paragraph. Because um, he's... Okay, yeah. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, in what is now Mexico and Guatemala, the Mayans started making beer out of corn, probably around 150 BCE. Uh, like other early brewing societies, the Maya first made a weak beer called chicha by adding cornmeal to warm water. Uh, but in one of the more remarkable uh, developments, they also discovered that if they chewed the meal first, the resulting beer was stronger. The mouth contains uh, salivary amylase, an enzyme that, that helps convert starches to sugars. Uh, the mines were performing a unique method of early malting. And so, yeah, like, it, that, without even knowing it, they were able to make stronger beer, um, this chicha stuff, by chewing it up and letting some of the enzymes in uh, saliva get to work. So, so who at Dogfish Head was chewing up this? That, see, um, I, I mean, I would imagine there would have to be some kind of but, but but then again like if you try to like sanitize the chewer's mouths 
then can't, that's going to kill right? that, that that's going to kill or or render the enzymes inert um i don't yeah i'll i'll say maybe a four ounce I'll, I'll try a four ounce. I'll try a four ounce just this once, but because I'm also never speak of it again. Right. Well, and truly, I'm also interested in the more the peppercorn and soursop fruits. Um, that that that, yeah. that that might be kind. Of, well, but but here's the other thing too. So like, if it's if it's, if it's based off like an old recipe, I am willing to try it because mm-hmm. like, it's not like. Sam Adams, like, yo, we ate a bunch of corn and spit it into a fucking <laughs> vat, and then we put a bunch of rotten fucking fruit. Yo, cousin yeah. from Boston, you know, like, from... well, they're and, trying, like, and it's still getting boiled, right? Like, that's like, like all that's happening. You're gonna purify out the gross, and yeah, all, all, all that's happening before. Maybe, the boil, maybe so. give me a four ounce pour post COVID world or pre COVID, mm, whatever. Like, yeah, that's right a, now. That's a fair point. There's no fucking way I'm gonna eat your gross corn mouth beer, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a fair point. I I'll still do a four ounce. Or okay. even in COVID world, but um, okay. Well, next on the list is uh, snake venom, uh, okay. from uh, small Scottish brewery Brewmeister, now Keith Brewery Ltd. Uh, and I, and I guess I, I don't think it really mattered with all the above ones. Um, but but with each uh, name of the beer, they've also been giving the ABV, and it's ranged from mm. you know like 6.6, 7.2, 4.4, um, a low of 3.1. Uh, but snake venom, uh, alcohol by volume, sixty-seven point five. Wait, what? Yeah. So uh, run that by me one more time. Sorry. So the so the sixty-seven point five alcohol by volume is not a typo. This hardy brew has more alcohol than any beer on the planet. So roughly like an order of magnitude more than some of the other ones. Um. And, like vodka's forty percent, like right, yeah. And so I guess how this works, and, well, and, and even like a barley wine, because that's kind of related to. I know we didn't really talk, but yeah, like barley wines get up to like maybe fourteen, fifteen percent. Even like the most like like roughest imperial stouts, they're maybe like nineteen, twenty, something like that. Um, but apparently, how they do this is by a process called fractional freezing that cools the beer to a low enough temperature to freeze water but not alcohol, the frozen water is removed, leaving a higher concentration of alcohol. And so it is. It's just a, you make beer the regular way, and then as opposed to distilling, which is heating up the the brew so the alcohol um, ev- evaporates and then you condense it, over, over with your still, they do the opposite. They freeze it so the water turns to ice. You scoop out the ice, and you do that, I guess, a bunch of times until you're left with. And you're just left with pure booze. Yeah, uh, and so doctors and other sane people recommend not drinking more than one bottle at a sitting. Uh, sharing with friends is a better option. Uh, also, the snake venom beer price is over seventy-five dollars per bottle. So. Money not being money not being an issue. Money notwithstanding, what do you think about this, Mark? <laughs> do you have a? I th- I think I can replicate this experience by drinking like a, a Steel Reserve yeah. or like a Cobra. Mm-hmm. You know, one of those really good, awful, terrible malt, malt liquors. Yeah, and I'll still get the same boozy taste, but it's only gonna run me four bucks. That's gonna be a no for me. I. 
because because at that point and just to be clear there's no snake venom in it right uh, like, correct there, there, there's no actual zero snake venom, snake venom. which is, I'm out. Which no, is pretty no, disappointing no if you're not gonna fucking try to poison me I'm out no yeah Fugu I me, damn it yeah I well and, 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 and again my question to you is okay sure so it's technically beer because you're not distilling it but you're like yeah you're robbing Peter to pay Paul you know okay you're not heating it up to in, to get the alcohol but you're so is it still beer technically I a tyrant will always justify its choices this is also true I <laughs> like I kind of want to say a four ounce pour but then again like I don't want to reward that either <laughs> you can have a four ounce it's okay maybe okay I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a four ounce maybe a four ounce pour and then I'll need to eat a bunch of spaghetti beforehand and have a gallon of water because yeah that's essentially like Everclear that's that's getting to like Everclear territory so Pertinier yeah yeah uh, okay so um next on our list and uh kind of like with Chocolate Lobster the name tells you what it is uh Beard Beer uh okay. 5.6 ABV uh, okay. John Mayer, or Meyer, I guess, is the brewmaster at Rogue Ale in Portland, Oregon. John Meyer has had a beard since 1978. In fact, John Meyer has been using the yeast growing in his beard to make beer beard. Or be beard beer, rather. What? Yeah. So if what? if Roald Dahl's riding chair um, wasn't crazy enough... Um, Shut the fuck up, Charles. No, <laughs> what? And I can... What? Okay, what? And I can totally... Man. I can hear the uh, apologists already saying like, well, whatever, man. Like, there's wild yeast everywhere and people, they just will, you know, go to apple orchards and get w the wild yeast there. So what's the big deal with the wild yeast growing in this guy's beard, man? I mean, come on. But no, that's a hard no for me. And he's been growing from the seventies, right? Uh, yes, he's he's had a beard since nineteen seventy-eight. Okay, I. Okay, that's the hardest no for me. Can we like make? I'm gonna make a new sound for this. Yeah, to, just like, like make me say no. Oh my god. Um. Well, and mate, like. What about you? You. Uh, no, this is a hard no. Yeah. Hard. Sorry. Hard no. Um, and or no for you too, okay? Yeah, and, and I'm 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 kind of weird. I'm kind of weirded out by how, at least how they close out this. Um, it says, um, "Alas, John Mayer retired from brewing in 2019, so the fate of Beard Beer is up in the air. So maybe there's someone else in Portland with a beard. Anyone? Like, no, that's a good we, thing. We we know that it's full of assholes with beards in Portland. Oh yeah, no yeah." You might as well. A rock, you hit a guy with a with a beard, like. Yeah, you might as well say no. This is a flannel shirt beer with yeast that I got from my front pocket on my flannel shirt. Like, of course you're gonna find more people like that in Portland. But. <laughs> when you need a logger that's extra stout and powerful, go for lumberjack. Yeah. Brewed <laughs> with the yeast from the armpits of the most manly men in the world. They sweat all day in the hot, hot sun. Fuck yeah, Adding dude. Adding spruce tips. Sp spruce tip we double and, broil it. Uh, and freshly tapped maple syrup. Hell yeah, dude. We can fucking do this. Don't worry about it. All our lumberjacks are on meth, so you're going to get a bit of a pep, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my 
God. What the fuck is wrong with people? We call Sorry, it the... It's fine. We're fine. We're fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, we call it the Glowacus beer. We get the... Get the... <laughs> Get the fearsome critters back in there too. But anyway, okay. So we're so we're nearing the end here. Only have only have a, a few left. Um, you've you've played Grand Theft Auto, right, Mark? You've you've played those games voraciously. Voraciously. Yes. Well, um, if you thought that uh, Pisswasser wasn't on the nose enough, um, <laughs> this is this next beer is Pissner by Norebro Brigus. The description says. Attendees of the 2015 uh, Roskilde Music Festival in Denmark enjoyed awesome sets by Paul McCartney, Muse, Pharrell Williams, uh, uh, Florence and the Machine, and many others. And in between sets, the attendees peed in, into special receptacles, which were then used to make this ahem pissner. Don't worry, the pee was only used to fertilize the barley, so there is an actual pee in the beer, we think. You can taste it and tell us for sure. Uh, and if you can't find this Danish microbrew easily, then we recommend Full Circle IPA by Stone Brewing, which uses recycled wastewater, which is treated, of course. So either beer from barley that was fertilized with piss, or Full Circle IPA, which used recycled wastewater. Which, but then again, isn't like almost anything from the taps recycled? water because that's what the water treatment facilities are right there's that and like pee is sterile right like true i don't know how i feel about this r kelly ipa (laughs) (laughs) you know what no you know what i'll I'll take a four ounce pour on this i think i i i would do a four ounce pour sure why not right like why not yeah. Because again, like, it's... So, one, they say, like, it was just to, like, fertilize. And two... Or not not, not fertilize to... Or, or no, 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 wait. No, I, I got that. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, it was... It was there to fertilize the barley. I, I think I said sterilize, but 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 it, but it says fertilize. So, like, as it's growing, as it's growing in the ground, that's what it is. Um, hmm. well, yeah, well, sure. Sure. Four ounce. Yeah, I'll try four ounce. I don't want to think about it too much, but I'll try it. Like, yeah, just um, yeah, just just do that. Uh, okay, I think we have two left to go, and at least kind of okay. glancing over them, these these may be some of the worst. Um, but um, okay, uh, uh, second to last, the penultimate, uh, Un Konokuro at 6.5 APV. P beer not not strange enough for you. Well, number two is truly all about uh number two. There's been a trend in recent years to ferment coffee beans by passing them through the digestive system of animals, uh, like like Thai elephants. So why not coffee-flavored beer by St. Gallen Brewery? Uh, Un Konokuro translates to, yes, this is black, or poo black, <laughs> apparently. Uh, either way, we think Un Konokuro is a much better name than elephant poop stout. Uh, unfortunately, we can't imagine why, but Sankt Gallen has discontinued this beer for some reason. So they're no longer making this beer, but should we stumble upon some hidden cache that has uh, coffee beans fermented uh, through animal digestive systems? Would you have some? No, because I don't like coffee beers. Mm. But I guess a four ounce, but... yeah. I'm, I'm maybe, well, yeah, because because that's the whole thing too. Like that was, I, I think that fad has passed too, because it was the whole like, oh no, we're gonna do like a, 
stout that was yeah like cold pressed coffee and just no just like it has enough of a coffee I don't know PBR keeps plugging their fucking hard coffee well that's also true that's also true which I think I might get for next week we'll see about that oh, okay. yeah like I don't know yeah. I, yeah. I'm uh, I'm between a four ounce and maybe a pint cause again like by the time it's gone through all the other uh, things that happen when you're brewing like it's gonna be sterile anyway and again like just on your hands alone there's all sorts of uh, germs and shit even after you again wash. though it's not the like crap that gets me yeah it's just, it's, it's, it's just more more than anything it's just like i don't like coffee beers yeah. right yeah you know i'll i'll, yeah. I'll go ahead and, and bump it up to a to a full pint for me you're gonna do a pint okay yeah just because I, I don't necessarily even though it's a stout um yeah i, I, I don't know maybe just a pint's good for me. yeah uh, okay and so I think uh, okay yeah I think this is the last one this is the last one on the list and um, oh boy this is this is Icelandic so you know we're in for some good stuff here yes uh, but this is uh, Havalur uh, 5.2% ABV uh, so Stedgi Brewery in Iceland uh, uses pure Icelandic water which is some of the cleanest water in the world as well as barley and berry hops to craft this very strange beer. Oh, they also use whale testicles. One huge one huge whale testicle weighing between 15 and 18 pounds, to be precise, uh, is used to brew this odd creation. How did the brewer decide that one large testicle was the right amount? What if they started with two? Oh, and there's one more thing. Before the whale testicle is put in the tank, it is smoked in sheep dung. Stedgy Brewery also makes another whale testicle beer. So next time you go to Iceland, we recommend a whale testicle beer flight. So, like, super Rocky Mountain oyster um, smoked in sheep dung beer. Man, I... Because I will admit, I will go on on record. Uh, I've had Rocky Mountain oysters before, and they're fine. It's okay. It's not, you know, it's just like any sort of. Yeah, I like oysters. If they're good, they're really good. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, you know what? I'm gonna get a growler of it. Oh, okay. Hell yeah. Because you know what? God damn it, a whale is a big thing, and you 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 respect the beast from whence it came mm. so yeah i'm gonna I'll, I'll get a growler okay yeah yeah like it's it's that kind of thing of like you don't want to waste the animal that that's being disrespectful to the animal you have to use up every piece of it um but also like there's that old you know the idea of like i will eat my enemy's heart to gain his power mm -hmm. or whatever how strong would i fucking be if i yeah. ate whale nuts josh <laughs> yeah right yeah I'm, I'm sure um i'm coming for you half thor bjornson like <laughs> you got shit on me buddy like or, or fuck it, maybe that's it. Maybe that's why. That's why he's instead of yeah, like instead of uh, like protein shakes or whatever, he just drinks this beer that has the the and, and he's yeah like gets the gets the power of the whale, you know, as he's doing. You know, thing. I know I should be turned off by the like smoking and sheep shit. It's so, but like the the rational part of me knows that I should be, but mm -hmm. there's this other part of me that's like no. I wonder how that tastes. Yeah. I... Because, like, I'm down to... I, I I would try the elephant-ass coffee beer mm -hmm. if it wasn't coffee. Right. But... Because, again, like, 
people do go kind of batshit for that, like, uh, what, the the serval coffee or the, the, yeah. the cat. They feed them the beans of Morocco. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've, I, I don't know if I'll ever try it, but I am down to try that one, I guess. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I could see myself going for a pint of this. With the option, yeah. with the option, you had to get a growler to go. If it's, if it's yeah, you're there. You like the beer. You're getting a growler. Yeah, yeah. right. It, and it is. It, it, it's like what you were talking about before. Like I'll start off with a pint, and then if it's, then I'll be satisfied with that. Or if it's something I want to come back to, because again, all, all, all the stuff that they're talking about, like oh, it's a, the testicle and it's smoked and sheep dung. Like yeah, th- that's okay. That's all right. I, I, I would certainly. Or it'll be like my weird hemp beer and be really good when you get it at the brewery, and then you get yeah. the growler and like. This tastes like bleach and shit. I fucking hate it. Why is it salty? When uh, that beer skunks, the the Havaler, when that skunks in the growler, get back home, he says, This is calm. This is, this is just calm. This is calm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that was a... That was a... <coughs> wild and wacky list of 11 weird beers that I I was actually surprised well no I, I I can't say I'm surprised that we would drink more of those because god damn it we're two wizards and that's what we fucking do we get out there we do the weird wild stuff and even this is all hypothetically it's not like like oh mark and uh, check check your front stoop for a package anywhere between the next four to six weeks <laughs> get you a case of well testicle beer <laughs> You send me whale testicle beer, I will fucking drink it on live stream. I'm, Fuck I'm yeah. In. Like, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do the unboxing. Like. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I guess, um, you, you know, we've been, we. this is another one that, that we, we could talk a whole lot about beer because it's wonderful and great, um, but we probably should start start um, closing out our tab, as it were, so to speak. Yes. Uh, but But we also have a bit of a special announcement to do that with as well. Um, yeah, and, and 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 maybe I'll let you kind of uh, go through what what this what this is because this is this will be a new thing for you. So what are we planning? So what we're planning right now is if my math is right, and it was a couple weeks ago when we talked about this, and it should still be. Um, our one year anniversary is going to be on Sunday, August the twenty third of this year. And we've made it a year. Two wizards are now a year old. Happy birthday to us! Well, yeah, yeah. And in to a, commemorate in a month's that, time, like, so, yeah. But, but yes, but yes. So, 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 yeah. planning right. for the birthday party, we are planning pre-planning for the party. Yeah. yeah. So pre-planning for the party, Josh, you've already discussed at length, like your for, uh, forays into that's the right word, right? Yeah, yeah. into a uh, home brewing. And I am gonna go ahead and dip my toe. So I bought a kit, and it should be here tomorrow on Monday. And then the the brew, cook, bottling, everything, so on and so forth. By the time it's finished, it's it should sync up with our one year anniversary. So yeah, we're we're gonna I'm I'm gonna actively Josh and I are gonna actively uh, brew beer together, not together, but uh, simultaneously. Yeah. And we're gonna celebrate uh, this super awesome occasion with our own homemade beer. Like we're going to provide for our own uh, wizards goblets. And yeah, I. Fuck, I'm horned up for it, man. Yeah, I, I I'm excited too, because uh, yeah, you got you got a kit and and sounds like you got a pretty good recipe picked out. And I and I have a couple. I I, I bought a whole bunch of kits right before COVID world. Uh, again, sort of weird, <laughs> sort of weird. Like, well, shit. Like in case the world does blow up, 
and we need to return back to a barter system. I know I can brew a bunch of beer to trade for medicine <laughs> and bullets or something. <laughs> so yeah, I have a couple of uh, uh, recipe kits uh, just kind of sitting in my um, uh, pantry down in the basement. So I'm excited to crack that open again. And uh, and, and, and yeah, and, uh, and, and it will. It will line up nicely. Uh, a couple weeks to... Well, yeah, yeah, like one day to like do all the initial preparation. A week later or so, we'll uh, switch over to bottle it and then let it condition in the bottles. That's when the that's when you add a little more sugar and then the yeasts reactivate uh, to uh, carbonate the beer. And so, yeah, it, it should line up just about perfectly for our yeah. for our, our one year, man. We've been doing this one, for one year. This we've is been incredible. doing this for a year. This is great. Like, and so, yeah, I, yeah. well, and, and this is the other thing too, is um, maybe, maybe I'll return very briefly one last time to the beer Bible, which, which I uh, sh- shout out again, huge shout out to, to Jeff Allworth. Um, uh, listeners go, go look at this book. Cause it, cause it's incredible. It's super approachable, super detailed. Um, but uh, one of the things that Jeff writes in his introduction or, or, or towards the beginning is he says that every beer tells a story. And, uh, and he opens up with this um, uh, um, kind of anecdote about the, uh, the, the 1936 vintage of Coronation Ale that he has in his cellar. Uh, the English brewery Green King brewed it specially to celebrate the ascension of Edward VIII to the throne. And this was not unusual. For, centru- for centuries, people had been making celebratory beer. The word bridal, for example, derives from the Anglo-Saxon brid alo. It's literally a bride ale. That's where we get our word bridal. So a, a bride ale. Holy shit. Which actually refers to the celebratory uh, fest, not just the beer. And so, uh, and, and, and then he goes on to, to, to say that, and if you recall your royal history, though, you will know that the coronation of 1936 was unusual because it never happened. Edward, after a reign of just 325 days, decided he would rather marry the American divorcee Wallace Simpson uh, than continue on as king of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland and of the British Dominions and Emperor of, of, of India. And so that's also part of it. Not only is the tradition of beer at home by yourself with local ingredients, what, what you're doing. Um, and, and yes, there's the sort of, like he mentions, like this is just one of the tasks that you would do as a sustenance farmer, right? But also, especially, it was made to commemorate an occasion. That's why Oktoberfest is, is a big thing. There was this yeah. German prince and princess that were going to get married. And so they had this big festival that took place in September, but they called it Oktoberfest. And they're drinking a Marchen beer, or, or uh, uh, Marzen beer, which was named for March when it was... Uh, actually like prepared and if th- that's what we're gonna do we're gonna make a celebratory beer to commemorate our one year and we're starting right now and who knows mark maybe we'll even like through the process maybe we'll take some pictures and put them up on our on our socials oh hell yeah and so um and so people can follow along with that or they can send us information maybe you also homebrew maybe you want to tell us about a terrible beer that you've had or maybe you've had the... What's the worst beer you've ever had? Yeah, What's your best beer exactly. you've ever had? Like, yeah. Exactly. And so if you want to get a hold of us, um, you can you can contact us at twowizardspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at twowizardspodc1. 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Plaid Barbarian. And Mark, people can find you on Twitter at Marky Stardust, correct? That is correct, yeah. And so I'm I'm excited, like many things. This is this is just one more thing that I can get horned up for. Bam bam. Um Bam Bam. All the and maybe we'll have to do that. Maybe we'll even have to like go the extra mile and uh design some labels for our respective celebratory beers and uh Ooh, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be great too. But um yeah. uh Mark, any any last words, any final thoughts for, for the good people checking in? I don't think so. I thank you for listening. Um, yeah, it, like Josh was saying, what's your best re- beer? What's your worst beer? Do you homebrew? What can I do to not totally botch this experiment? <laughs> Let us know. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, not without getting too crappy and weird about it, but we love you guys. Um, yeah, it's it's really cool to like. We've done this for a year now, almost, Josh, yeah. and it's like you're saying a, a few weeks ago, like. We don't hate each other, but more importantly, we don't want to fuck each other. And, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, sorry, these, these, uh, these, these, uh, horny goats are talking to me, I think, is more than anything. But no, I go, I'll see you on the other side, and I want a, I want a cask of testicle beer, please. I will, like, I will drink to that. I will drink to that, buddy. You're here. All right, everybody. Take care. Good night, guys. He rolled upon his back, and after that, I killed them all!